I burn everything I've got. Military Industrial Contract. A new world order. We are here to destroy the control of the industry of other people. I did not trade arms for hostages. It's been time-stealing. All right, hello, welcome back. We're uh, we're doing this uh, live. This was completely um, well. Everybody's sort of having to Boys adapt. Rock and roll. Yeah, that we are, Nick. Um, so I we had an excited exclamation there from Nick, but his uh, like the Taco Bell infrastructure with our current situation is not ideal. Uh, a lot of the the various fast food restaurantes, um, especially the nacho purveying variety, they're uh, they're running on skeleton crews at best, and they uh, might not exactly be paying their IT guy. On top of like all the uh, the fiber guys not paying uh, their switch guys and all the cable guys not paying their trench digging guys and so on down the line, mm-hmm. very uh, 1991 uh, type feeling. But uh, well, we we should we, get yeah, into some of that because not, not even the... an option. Man, I'm I'm at home fucking loading magazines. <laughs> Everybody's got Nick their Nick means, cope, of right? course, that he's ripping out pages from his Sears and Robux catalogs um, for use as our, our most valuable contemporary uh, commodity. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing what craftsman uh, tool lines are coming out. But we did have a show uh, recorded. I'm not sure how much of this is coming through. All of our internet uh, has been a little bit fuzzy. And we mm. just uh, a little bit ago um, heard that the American Sun... Uh, Twitter account was locked. We're trying to get that unlocked, but uh, quite a few things got purged, and you would expect purges of this sort to accelerate. So, uh, try to form a local uh, network, if you will, a uh, you know sort of a connected uh, graph of uh, your various key bases and telegrams and signals and emails and what have you with like-minded people. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, try to have redundant. Exactly. You have more than one for the same set of people that you talk to, even if it's just having a backup in addition to your typical uh, thread, because as we see, uh, it's very easy for them to separate us. Um, It's like being back in elementary school where the teacher doesn't like what you have to say. So they move you over to the corner. Um, It's, it's getting crazy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not panicked. I really am not. I mean, this this stuff doesn't surprise me, but go ahead, Nick. Well, let's start before we get into the meat of it. Let's talk about why we don't have a show. Well, we're gonna stay on the we're gonna stay on the air as long as the net's up, and then I guess we're moving to ham radio after that for <laughs> uh, a different type of content. Yeah, how's your Morse you know code, man? A friend of the show made me laugh when he said uh, we should all communicate via Morse code, and I'm like, uh, you are in probably the half top 1% uh, of people who understand how this stuff works. I do not anticipate the majority of people agreeing to something like that. But yes, in in worst case, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, if I could sort of explain what what happened uh, with the show uh, briefly. um, 
yeah, we, we had a guest, um, very nice guy. I, I don't want to, uh, belittle, you know, any of the this concerns that, uh, he had, but he basically found out a little bit too late who we are. And I personally am not ashamed of what we talk about at all, but I am aware of what the, uh, the system views our views as, and that's why we don't use our real identities. So I, I kind of explained that to him, uh, and he just did the show with us. And uh, I think he he sort of took the time after we finished to go do a little more research, and he asked politely to uh, not have us release it. And I respected that because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not I'm not out here to hurt anybody, uh, despite what you know they may tell you we're we're all about. It's really about just uh, discovering. Uh, the truth, um, for me at least. So that's why we're we're just doing this ad hoc. There were a lot of people who were asking us to do some uh, sort of show. I mean, I felt like we've kind of done that already. We did the one on the bioweapons, and then we sort of made an announcement last episode. But maybe this is it. Maybe this will satiate the guys who uh, don't have enough uh, panic porn on the internet, because there's tons of it. Um, so we'll do our best. Yeah, I mean, w- let's not get into like this thing is also moving well, so dude, let me, quickly so, that what we I, whatever we I, talk uh, about in concrete had terms. Had some serious weather. We had an Arctic storm come through here, and so I was out without power for several days, and I didn't really leave leave my place at all or anything like that. And I kind of emerged back into the world to see that you know the store shelves were empty where I live. Yep. You know, the ammunition is very difficult to find. You could get calibers, uh, which is fine and a good reason to stock a few obscure calibers. But for the most part, I mean, your standards of things that you'd be looking for, like, I mean, 9mm, 5.56, double-op buck. Right, right. These these things are gone. Well, it's interesting. And and I I, I, I loaded up. I mean, I already have. I keep a food supply. Usually, probably generously, I could I could probably survive for six months off of the food I already had if I had to. Uh, but I loaded up, uh, basically raided. I went into and raided the nearby town, and I, I was the one to buy a lot off of the shelves too. But let me jump in. Um, so I have, I have a couple comments. One is it's very interesting to, to listen to people talk about what they think is critical uh, to stock up on. Um, thankfully, I don't know anybody in my immediate or uh, otherwise circle that thinks toilet paper is a critical item, uh, with one possible exception. But that actually happens to be because it's a, it's a large household. Uh, and that would be sort of annoying to not be able to... Uh, properly uh clean oneself but the um the point is uh ladies and gentlemen uh toilet paper is not going to keep you alive food self-defense medicine that's going to keep you alive focus on that that's all i gotta say but um yeah what nick said about the uh particular calibers i think that's i would very recommend also if you want something to be comfortable on the mask and start going for a hike you know the the, uh, the superior option, by the way. I, these are probably going too, but baby wipes are a superior option to stock up on uh, than toilet paper. Yeah. But no, you should Especially prioritize. If, uh... You know the basic essentials of: you need to have shelter, you need to have drinkable water, you need to have food, and you should have uh, a reasonable amount. I mean, all the all of the supply chains are currently still running. 
So you're really talking about triaging your immediate circumstances of, okay, like, you know, there have been a lot of times and places, not in America really recently, um, but a lot of times and places in the world where kind of local supply chains have been disrupted for a while for various reasons. And things have to go extremely wrong and almost often, uh, almost always intentionally wrong in modern history before you actually run a severe uh, calorie deficit. So I'm honestly not concerned at all about calories getting through. So it's really a matter of morale, your immediate kind of uh, medical needs, not calorie needs. Um, but certainly if you have people with medical conditions, if you've got young children, if you've got um, you know people in unusual circumstances, like that's not to say like don't keep a freezer and a pantry full of food, like absolutely do that. Um, but it's not necessarily something to, uh, cause yourself psychological distress that will cause you to act in a way that is going to harm you overall. Like for instance, if you're going in there and muscling through crowds and like getting horked on by the general populace. Um, you are, Hank, you are, Hank is correct, but at the same time, the, the thing about that is you, you won't run into fiction per se, but what will happen is you'll be, find yourself in a situation where the need for calories pushes you to interact, and uh, you may not want to have to interact with people. Right, or vice versa. I, I was going to say on that dimension, uh, just be very cordial and, and friendly to people. Don't uh, Don't look like you're crazy or scared or belligerent or um, needy just be the gray man Uh, be the person who nobody really notices don't uh, don't do anything weird stay within the herd when you're in public places and don't tell people you're stocked up just in case and talk to your neighbors don't go shopping for toilet paper with a plate carrier don't even. I mean, I I wouldn't even wear the mask, but you know, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But yeah, that's the idea. Just don't attract attention to yourself. And what I I just want to underscore: don't tell people that you got a, a good stash already. Dude, just, just, there you know. there was a guy at uh, the supermarket here with a gas mask on. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen anything weird like that. I've seen masks, but uh, I did see empty shelves today. That was interesting. Yeah, like talk to your neighbors. I cannot emphasize this enough. Like the entry point for conversation is, hey, my name is X. My company just said we're going to have to work from home a bit and they might cut my hours or whatever your situation is. So, you know, I'm just going to be around, uh, you know, just thought I'd let you know that I'm going to be kind of around keeping an eye on stuff. If I see anything weird, things are just starting to get kind of weird out there. You know, you let me know if you see anything weird. And you just kind of leave it at that. You converse naturally. Like Definitely people kind of have avoid an aversion. the mailman. Remember people, who he works for. Of pe- people have like an aversion to reaching out to their neighbors because, like, they're they like the severe normalcy bias combined with the like severe, uh, like, uh, 
like don't be the weirdo bias, like the, the bias towards not correcting the normalcy bias. But it's just like, hey, like I'm around, you're around. Things are obviously kind of getting weird. So like, you know, maintain contact. And that's all it has to be. It doesn't like, hey, man, I think there's going to be a race war pretty soon. Like now that probably probably there's not a and B like it doesn't have to go down like that. Just have have conversations with your neighbors, even if they're like subcontinent gang or like Chinese gang. Like these people, if they're still here and they haven't like fled back to wherever there, there's like this weird thing that happens with like the immigrant community where they kind of assume that the natives uh, have a little bit more understanding of the native topology, even if it's like, you know, a not even 56% area. (laughs) So like they will reach out to you like if you give them the remotest opportunity and be like, Hey, uh, you have a, you have family in, uh, in Kansas, right? How, uh, how hard is it to farm? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I'm attempted to give these people misinformation at this point. It's like, just get the fuck out of my country. I mean, whatever you you want to do, even having this conversation, it's just, at this point, it's absurd. You know, I, I heard a rumor that uh, the uh, the Justice Department was considering putting all H-1Bs in FEMA camps. <laughs> That's the rumor <laughs> that'll, that'll scare them. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, they they know that you uh, were freaking out about this, uh, like, a solid, uh, solid month or more before uh, anyone else was. So, hey, maybe you do have a guy on the inside who's to say. Well, I have a serious question. What is the sign of a prepper because in my own daily life uh some people do know that i do care about this stuff but other people i haven't really divulged that much to but they seem to get that impression anyway and i'm wondering what i'm giving off and you guys know me and it's probably hard to answer that but just in your sort of daily observations if you've seen anybody as nick would would say the guy walking around with a plate carrier probably has a few things stashed back in his place so i'm just wondering what the signs are (laughs) The the guy consciously like okay so people talk about the gray man, but the guy who actually dresses like he is dressing like the gray man is the the guy who it's like all right buddy like we, we do an we do an appendix or four o'clock today, uh it's like well it's the sensible cargo shorts the uh, the patterned shirts. Uh, it can be checked or it can be Hawaiian. The young kids are into the Hawaiian and the Gen Xers are, are do more of the checked. Uh, the, uh, the baseball hat, sometimes the glasses, sometimes not the sunglasses. Um, so you're talking about every the, CIA officer undercover trope in every movie I've seen in the 90s, basically. Well, kind of. Okay, so I, I don't know, a long time ago I posted about uh, uh, the FedCore aesthetic. But it's basically like, okay, you've got sensible pants and shoes that you can run in that maybe have one more pocket uh, than necessary but aren't your full-on cargo pants necessarily. You've got a baggy shirt that isn't like obtrusively baggy, but it covers your midsection because that's where you keep your badge and your your sidearm. Uh, You might have a cover garment on top of that if you need a little bit something extra and you've got something that kind of shields your eyes so it's not totally clear 
uh, where you're looking. Uh, it's not totally clear uh, from overhead surveillance. Like that. That's how, dude. That, I've had the funniest uh, encounters at like GNC of all places. Like there, there's like there's got to be a cell of these guys around here. Uh, I, I actually like, did not go to the drugstore today because one, I thought that's where the sick people go, and two, I can probably just get by without anything there that I might need. But I'm curious yeah, this, what this was on your crisis shopping situation, list. GNC. But this was just normal, normal people, circumstances. Well, those people GNC. are all doing it wrong, though. What, what's what's doing it right, Nick? The trick is you got to look like a dope fiend, you know. That that's what you're going for. Homeless. No, a dope fiend. I, I so know like the one concept, with a house but or like, one without a house. Yeah. Like a, a guy lives under a bridge, or, or what? oh, uh, one that uh, the one that has a house sometimes, or at least has a, a buddy's a buddy's couch he can sleep on or something. You you got to look like you know. If that's what you're going, okay. For, I think it's better to you know wear military surplus gear as you go shopping for groceries. But people will give you a wide berth. Like all those people, the great. I mean, it's when you when you try so hard to be unassuming, you look like a. Is, I'm just saying, if you really want to look unassuming, look like you yeah rolled around the gutter and spent night. Or look like suburban dad who uh, got a little uh, smell of the vapors and uh, decided that he was going to jam, quote unquote, my gun, uh, implying there's one. Whenever somebody talks about my gun, that that's the tell they don't know like which end is which. Hmm. Or like, I've got a, like, yeah, uh, well, yeah, the problem I mean, of course you with suburban dad, though, age. is you got to gain weight for it. Being <laughs> you can you can be skinny and you can pull off the dope. Hey man, if, if you can manage to gain weight in the next to, uh, in the next know, six months or so, then you you should absolutely gain weight in the next six months or so. <laughs> tactical weight gain, tactical weight gain. I don't know, guys. You probably saw the uh, the Warner Brothers cartoons from the '40s, where the guy. Uh, the 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 dog and the cat who are on the raft uh, deserted in the middle of the ocean will start viewing each other as hot dogs and uh, hamburgers, uh, respectively. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be the large man walking around town <laughs> in a starvation town. <laughs> but um, yeah, the man the man makes a point. I would just say, just don't do anything different. Just dress normal. Like the point is, whatever it is that's baseline, stay on that baseline. Whatever that is, that's all I got to say. Um, what else guys? I mean, I've been watching a few things. I haven't really checked out Infowars lately just because, um, I, yeah, I mean, they, there, there was honestly, a good they one. They the ball on this. If, uh, if anyone is going to be ahead of the curve, you'd really, uh, but like random, you know, putatively right wing Twitter accounts have been a lot more, uh, reliable sources of information. Well, okay, why, why uh, do you say that? Know. Because I did tune in about a week or so ago, and there was a guy that uh, Alex had on that was um, uh, experienced in doing business overseas, and he's an engineer, and so he was he was speaking somewhat um, knowledgeably about the subject, and then he had on, he was guest hosting, so he, he had another guest on, and that guest I thought was actually very uh, insightful as well, uh, 
probably more so because he actually does have a background in epidemiology and don't ask me to link to it. Cause you know, there's a million of these shows out there. You could probably find something more, uh, more current, but, um, I, I thought that was decent. I guess I just haven't checked it out lately because, uh, I, I don't want to get, uh, too hyperbolic, you know, I, I want to sort of keep a level head. So I've been looking at sort of just various random samples of places. And one that I thought was actually kind of interesting was uh, I do like this uh, this one channel, and then he actually recommended this other guy, who I, whom I will link to. But let me see if I can pull up the name uh, for the audio listeners only. Uh, this is uh, Raoul Pal. He's Australian of some mysterious origin, I'm sure. But uh, he had a, a very, uh, I think, good take on the financial impact of this. And he was basically saying that the impact in the financial markets is going to be pretty severe. And I think his case is pretty well reasoned, not really take a, a, a rocket scientist to sort of come to this conclusion. But he's basically saying that this is going to totally throw the wrench of all wrenches into the supply chain of the global economy. And there, he was specifically just calling out the shale producers in the United States because of all the, oh um, yeah, all all the sort of debt that they've accumulated to try to survive the attack that they've been ongoing uh, from the Saudis and the Russians over the past uh, six or so years, uh, and and now the price has fallen even more to the point where they're they're not going to be able to service their debt. And he anticipates this is going to have some pretty bad knock-on effects on the the banking sector and the overall economy coming from. Well, that, okay, that part. so I I probably need to write this up for the Sun, but the, the okay from the financial perspective, I don't. I, I think there's a little bit of selection bias here in what I'm reading. So there's probably a lot of people that have come to the same conclusions I have way ahead of time. Um, but the, the idea that like, this is a supply shock, this is, there's no longer stuff available and there's a bunch of productive capacity that needs to be essentially shut down for a while so that your population is salvageable. So like, in other words, there's a lot of machines that need to be turned off and like, presumably restarted in a few months. Uh, but in the meantime are just chilling, uh, when you kind of still have to service debt loads and you can't solve that via dumping money into capital markets. Like you, you can't do that. No macroeconomist, even like very, uh, normie, uh, macroeconomists, uh, like regardless of which kind of school of thought they're from, none of them will say like, oh yeah, well, as long as you just maintain nominal paper asset prices, you can just paper over this thing. I, I think because, they know that. R Mitt Romney apparently came out and said he's going to, I don't know how he has the authority to do this, but he's proposing at least to give all Americans well, a cash. Uh, he's, cash he's a inclusion. senator. He can propose whatever he wants. And I think right. that's a great, I, like, I, I think that's a great idea. Like you, like the, the political and economic knock on to this, I don't know necessarily. It depends on how uh, bad the disease ends up being in the American context, but you're going to see everybody trying to jam through their favored whatever stapled to things that are 
and necessary in order to maintain the productive capacity of the economy long term. And what I'm afraid will happen is that a lot of things that could end up being extremely helpful to maintain the physical and social capital that comprises the American business sector. Uh, and what I mean by that is like, not just, okay, I have a building, I have these machines, but also I know how to run this business. I know who my suppliers are. I know who my customers are. I know how to manage a large organization. I know how to hire people that know how to manage a smaller organization. I'm in contact with my managers. Like that's the social capital that really constitutes the value of a business, knowing how to operate the business, not the value of like, I've got so many turbines and whatever. And that gets wiped out in bankruptcy unless there is an acquisition that preserves that structure like that's something that is really easy to just wipe out wholesale if a lot of these small businesses get wiped out and this is exactly the sort of stuff that you need in order to substitute for a import economy so in other words like if you have a uh, a small machining shop. I was talking about this on Twitter. Like I, I was scrolling back through my timeline to see, if, like at one point, I became uh, concerned about this stuff. And like back when Wuhan was starting to get throttled, but before things were showing up in uh, the sort of Chinese export or the uh, the broader Chinese economy, it's like small American machine shops should basically be running until their solo operator like needs a cigarette break uh, like every four hours, 24 hours a day because there's just that much stuff that needs to be made that people are planning on being on a ship from China that's not coming. Even if that's yeah. just a bubble and like, oh, they're totally okay and they're back to work, they're not back to work, by the way. But even if they were, there would still be that much excess demand that should be filtering towards your like 60-year-old random machine shop operator with a bridge port. But that guy like has a mortgage. He's got college that he's got to pay for for his kids. His, his customers are probably mostly making things like you know, secondary auto parts, tooling to make auto parts, ornamental art. Like I, I was like looking up like, you know, it's an illustrative exercise. You pick a random area in the country, literally pick a random zip code and you search for machine shops in that zip code and you see what they make. And a lot of these guys apparently make like like fancy metal art for people to stick in their front yards. Sadly, that's but they true. All, <laughs> but they also have like a lathe and a mill. They're yeah. like, I'm a metal worker. I have a lathe and a mill, but really the profit margin is in, I take sheet steel and I make it into like metal roses and like lawn ducks and shit. Well, you, you know why that is. I mean, they, they've been undercut by imports so bad. And I've right, actually, exactly. I, I've so like to... now is the time for them to spring back. But totally, like, so totally, you've, you've totally. completely shattered what was their ordinary market. So like, just give that guy money so he can stay in operation until people figure out 
holy shit, there's a lot of stuff that we need to buy. We can make it locally. But that social capital, that like knowing your customers and your suppliers and how to get the two together and what the two of them need, like that's something that has to be assembled by the guys that have the productive capacity in order to make it. So like that random machine shop operator who mostly makes metal roses that are no longer being sold in Cheyenne, Wyoming, like that guy needs some money so he can make the rent so he doesn't sell his tooling and equipment and his machine shed and everything else to somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing until everybody can get stuff realigned. So, like, just give money to everybody is the short answer to that policy. Don't do some sort of, you know, the Republican position is often, like, loans to small businesses, which is all well and good, but that means that you're channeling things like loan applications and due diligence and everything else through a bureaucracy that's very slow-moving. A lot of those guys approving loan applications are sick. A lot of those are going to go to insiders. Like, you can see how this trickles down. The Democrats are like, oh, we need unemployment insurance. It's like, that's cool, but I don't get that because I'm self-employed. And also, by the time I'm unemployed, that means that my boss has laid me off, which means that the business is defunct, so it's too late. So, like, give money to everybody like federal interest rates are might as well be zero they're negative once you account for inflation especially once inflation spikes because stuff is no longer coming in from overseas so like just borrow the money and if you need to tax it back in 30 years but like roll it forward borrow the money give people money just spread it out it literally doesn't matter what you do with it just spread it out channeling it through capital markets is just federal reserve notes for other pieces of paper it doesn't do anything like the banking sector is not operational right now all of these banks are work from home gang which really means figure out how the fuck do we work from home gang, which means that they're not like going out and asking, Hey, Bob's machine shop in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Could you use some money to stay operational? Could I collateralize that milling machine for you? Like they're not doing that. I don't think they even can really do that. I don't think think they know what a, I don't think they know what a machine shop or let alone a lathe. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's like small local institutions that might be able to do this, but it's the same sort of thing where it's like, okay, so I, I like buy more treasury bonds and there's a macroeconomic model that suggests how that might eventually result in like Joe's community bank of Wyoming having more money to maybe invest, but are they going to like, are they going to do that during a macroeconomic crisis? Well, uh, let me, uh, let me jump in. Problems. It's um, probably just academic for us peons to even be discussing this because we have a, uh, we have no power as, as you should know by now. But um, it's sort of interesting because when the Yang gang got rolling, they were talking about uh, how a thousand dollars a month was going to be, um, somehow affordable and you just multiply that by the number of people times 12 
and you basically arrive at like the entire GDP of the country. I don't quite understand the math on that one, but uh, Romney's proposal of uh, that divided by 12 would be about 300 billion, 330 billion dollars, right? 330 million times a thousand. So that was what half of what they they spent on TARP for the banks. Is that, is that right? I mean, like literally borrow it. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like the like with interest rates this low, because of the flight to safety in our crashing capital markets, like if it works, the the question was how is this affordable? Well, I think this and the answer is. If it works and you rescue your economy, then you can pay it back over 30 years at effectively 0% interest rate. So, like, you give the guy a thousand bucks, he's going to pay that much more marginal taxes compared to not doing that and having him declare bankruptcy. If it doesn't work, then you're screwed either way because you've entered a depression your tax revenues are like nil uh it's a catastrophe a tremendous catastrophe so like if i was the if i was in any position of uh authority in the federal government or had any ability to propose things i mean like i know for a fact that there every like every bureaucrat every legislative staff up and down the pipe is like how can we have like groundbreaking ideas blah 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 just like don't put any process behind it because the process gets routed through people that are very rapidly going to be working from home and not approving shit so avoid the process staple it to whatever mechanism you have like whatever payment mechanism you have to get money to social security numbers or taxpayer ID numbers for businesses, whatever you have, figure out what the most approximately egalitarian. And I do mean egalitarian, just get the money out there. Don't worry about sizing by revenues. Don't worry about anything. Just get the money out there to tie the people over until you can get them out of lockdown and reestablish business lines of communication. Do you think there'll be bipartisan support for this or will the Democrats and Republicans go back to fighting? In the immediate stimulus, like the, uh, the one that just uh, passed the, um, the house, I believe, um, essentially it was like every democratic proposal for uh, expanded, uh, unemployment insurance was the big one. Uh, they they tried to do like a, a whole like, well, you know, what's really important is that we finance those abortions because in tough times, people might have problems paying for their abortions. We need to make <sighs> sure that they get lots of abortions. It's like, yeah, let's... Uh, they can do it themselves. No shit. Let's, uh, let's make sure that Moloch is nice and satisfied so he uh, rewards us on this earthly plane. Like, maybe not, but they managed to strike that. Um, but, like... Surprised. The Republicans, of course, were like, oh, yes, yeah, small businesses, uh, yeah, small business administration needs to accelerate their loan. Like, bro, none of that fucking matters if the small business administration is not administering any assistance to small businesses. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, get, get rid of the bureaucracy. You can't buy clothes yeah. hangers at 
Walmart. You know what's going on. What what is this even going to look like if this happens? That you get a check, I mean, or you get like this like piece of plastic that the government mails out to you, and like it's good for a thousand yeah, bucks I mean, or something. It's like about that. like it's about tax time. So they've got like <laughs> I mean anybody who pays quarterly taxes. Mm-hmm. So like any business, they already have their address. Yeah. Uh, like every individual taxpayer, like. You know, it's a month before the filing deadline, so some amount of people haven't filed. But it's like, if you filed your taxes already, which is, you know, a decent number of people, or if you're on any sort of federal assistance program, which is probably most of the remaining people, like, Zog has your address. So, yeah, literally mail a check. Like, honestly, I don't care. Like, print a that, print, like, Print the money, like give give them like fifty Jacksons in an envelope, and just like mail it to every mailing address that's communicated with the federal government in the yeah, last. Yeah, that, that'll get ripped off though. People drive by and steal that. I mean, package. sure, like, but like, I mean, the temptation is to say, well, here's how I'd game that system. But it's like, okay, well, that's irrelevant because it only matters if you're stealing money, if there's something to spend the money on. Yeah. Like, thing, like if things have the potential to get that bad. They should be able to do a transfer directly to bank accounts. I mean, most people probably have a, yeah. you know, a Democrats I mean, like, will whine. Oh, well, there's unbanked people. Blah, 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 blah. Well, fine, go to Western know, Union, but then, then it's a shit right. show. People doing defrauding that and... I, like just I attach it to every as long as you've got a social like there's always some minuscule slice of the population and sometimes it's not even that minuscule like there are actually a lot of people that don't keep their money in banks because they've got child support orders that's the reason it's not like black people are just that incompetent that they can't go to a place and sign up for a consumer service it's just okay, I've got a child support order against me, so anything that I put in the bank gets taken from me. Like, black people know how to use banks. It's just, you know, that that money is legible. So, like, don't do that. Which is fine. Like, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't think that system is particularly just either. But the point is that, like, the lack of quote-unquote access to banking like fine whatever that's a thing there's like plenty of white people in west virginia that don't have bank accounts speaking Uh, of west virginia it is the only place as far as i looked uh, as of yesterday i believe that has not had a reported case of coronavirus doesn't mean it doesn't exist but uh, i was watching the countdown for who would be the last state standing and good old deliverance so far so good I believe that was Alabama anyway, but you get the point. Hillbillies, basically. Yeah, I think that was Georgia. Could have been, could have been, something like that. Somewhere south. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good for them, I read the book. I actually highly recommend it. People want something good to read during the plague times. Uh, I do recommend the the novel that that film was based on by James Dickey. It's a really excellent book. I heard the movie was made by a Jewish chap. Uh, I don't know if that's correct, but uh, I'm assuming that's the author never, is... Never has there been a more arbitrarily true statement, Adam. <laughs> I suppose. No, I, wasn't, it, wasn't it John... Didn't John Borman make that? I the guy who did Excalibur? I don't think so. 
wasn't it Borman? Let me see. He's I'm an English, have Englishman. What would he have, on this one, man? have to say about Burt Reynolds? Has Borman make the uh, the dance movie? He said John Borman. He did Excalibur, I believe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was John Borman, man. Really? No, it wasn't it. It wasn't a Jew. Wasn't he yeah. the, the fella that uh, flew to England and tried to make peace? I thought... Nick, did he do Excalibur also? That's what I thought. You're thinking of Rudolph. That's, uh, I'm talking about John Burman. Okay. Yeah, Rudolph. Hess was the one who tried to make peace with England uh, in the late days of the very unfortunate war that took place. Oh, I was, I was no, we're talking. That was Rudolf Hess. No, we're talking about contemporary people. Um, let, let's change the subject. <laughs> I think the the satellite is not making this easy. Let's not ask the same question three times. Um, no, no, I I I understand everything perfectly well. <clears throat> okay. Um. I don't know what else. I mean, look, I, I don't know what else to say, guys. You know, like, I'm not going to lie. Some, the thing about I like, feel people, like Lynch in, um, up in Twin the Peaks, whole... you know, with the uh, the hearing aids or something, and I feel like I have to, I have to yell in order to be understood at all. Oh, the satellite man! This is this is getting pretty Lynchian uh, feeling. Like, guys, I I think the the reason that they will keep Twitter up. Like okay, so I work with a lot of this kind of uh, kind of person, or at least I used to. Uh, and wait, what what type of person? Well, people that keep infrastructure um, oh, oh, afloat, okay. Te- tech, like tech infrastructure. Yeah. Like, if you want a good laugh, um, go through the Google uh, the Google uh, SRE. Um, like uh, press driven uh, under the table, uh, under the table BJ's um, about how uh, they're prepared to deal with major disasters or diseases striking down uh, various of their data centers and how they, they war game all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a, it's a nice read. It's a, a comfy read uh, until you've actually got to put it into uh, practice. And then you realize that, Disaster doesn't really look like, oh my God, the uh, the the Cascades data center just got hit by a meteor. We've got to spring into action. Thank God we built in all this redundancy. It looks like, yeah, bro. Let's uh, see. Uh, hmm. The thing about that is that. Uh, Gosh, my uh, my internet's been real flaky, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'd rather uh, kind of circle the grocery store and see if it looks like they're getting ready for the truck to arrive, uh, as opposed to fixing that. So, uh, hmm, get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. So, basically. Darkness of futures past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. Thank you, Nick. Keep, just keep, keep tossing him over the fence, Nick. 
It's great. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like he's he's lobbing mortars and the uh, army that's uh, running against his position is is moving uh, at, at random speeds. And so the mortars keep striking in <laughs> random locations. <laughs> but funny nonetheless. Um yeah, more like, more to so more I, to come. I, more disruptions. I think that there I think like so uh look up the, the YouTube uh the YouTube Twitter accounts um where they talk about like during these trying times we might have to start censoring more and so our robots are gonna be unusually active. <laughs> uh and so just like a bunch of your shit is gonna get taken down. Does that sorry, mean ours sorry. gets taken back up because we're already down? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> That's exactly right, Adam. That's like, yeah, exactly the right. guy, the guy whose job We're was back. to understand <laughs> booleans is coofing a little bit too much. So uh... he just ran a wait, batch wait, script wait. at three. We tried in the morning. to take it down twice, so that just made it worse. <laughs> oh God! Oh man! Yeah. Uh... What do you guys uh, liquor? of choice for the plague wars i just bought like the largest bottle you could buy of russian standard uh vinegar oh god i've got a uh, i should probably well hmm. see that's that liminal zone where like this is also good spicy content for anybody who wants to write this up instead of me for the american sun uh it's like the inflection point between okay you've got two weeks of food and you can store about three weeks of food. So at what point do you decide that the inflection point of how much worse things are getting is worth the extra risk of a trip to the grocery store? Exactly. Yeah. Like, because like, you know, for a while, like a couple of weeks ago, I was going like every couple of days. Like, let's just top off. Let's see how things are going. Well, obviously, it's not a good idea. Yeah, my, my store actually was rationing. Like, you couldn't take uh, more than a certain number of items. Uh, I've never seen that before in my life, which is interesting. Obviously, that's something you do in a crisis, and I don't blame them, but uh, I'd never seen that. So, yeah, you might have to take multiple trips. Yeah, but, I mean, that's not... That's also Bastard bought all the CR123As before I could get to them. Mm. That's rough. Old, I have uh, a stockpile, but I could use more. That's a good. Uh, that's a good thing. You know, fish antibiotics of all things that I would have expected to be immediately out of stock were completely in stock. <laughs> yeah, only only people who have uh, ten proxies and four different duplicate accounts would be discussing something like that. To be realistic here. But uh, no, it's a great, Adam, it's a great uh, point. Adam cut out there for a bit, but oh. I think we... Uh, I'll patch it back. Just, yeah. yeah. Like, did somebody just dial a number? What the fuck was that beep? I didn't hear anything. What's going on, guys? Oh, that's Zog. Hello? <laughs> Is anyone so there? Hello? Can you hear us? Yeah. Hi. Hi. We got it. We got it. That sounded the like a, Was that you, Hank? That sounded like anyway. a bot. Did you, no, did the, you just get the beep. Body I don't snatched? know. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hit any buttons. That wasn't. Uh... <laughs> Somebody was just asking what there was a beep, and that was you, right? I didn't hit any buttons that would have caused a beep. Oh my is God. this like fucking? Is is the guy whose job it is to do a modern fucking wiretap <laughs> is out fucking sick? 
And so now they've got to have like literally the guy doing the G. G Gordon Liddy fucking attach the alligator clips to a tape deck and press the button and you hear the click. I don't Fuck know you if so. <laughs> it's a damn much hour, man. If I could have any more contempt for our ruling class, I, I don't know if I if I would be able to stand. It's um <laughs> it's every every opportunity for a crisis they they fuck up. And every time I meet a normie who wants to give them more power, I just put them on a list and silently I I disregard <laughs> that person and I work around them for the rest of my life. Oh man. Like I'm really torn between, uh, I'm I'm torn between like the obvious. I I think I'll I'll just go to the, I'll I'll go to the the socially friendly extreme of like, Trump should just send a bureaucrat gang home. It's like work from home is now like telework. I'm fairly sure that bureaucrat gang, federal bureaucrat gang at least, is already one day per week telework. Unless you're in certain jobs or departments or whatever, I feel like that was a thing, and I haven't bothered to Yandex it lately. But I'm going to assume it's a thing. Like, I also hear reports of widespread absenteeism from lower-level bureaucrat gang in random federal departments. So just make it official and stop sending people on the DC Metro and having them drive in and drive back and eventually go to bureaucrat gang conferences well, in Puerto Rico or whatever, just send everybody home. I've made this point before and I'll make it again. Uh, you guys remember when the government shut down and nothing happened? Um, why don't you guys just not go to work anymore? I don't really feel like I'm getting any value for your tax, the taxes that I send to you. So you're fired. How about that? You know, I don't know what these people do of value. Look, man, the, the way I see, if I can't ski, Bureaucrats shouldn't get to eat. Oh, they shouldn't be eating anyway. Like this was this was real mold bug hours, circa you know two thousand nine or something. Like retire all government employees, rage. It's like yeah, you don't have a job anymore. You just get the paycheck without the power. So like, <laughs> here you go. They do less damage. I mean, yeah. I mean that was the explicit rationale. It's yeah. like we, we need a fresh start. Like. Here's here's a pension ahead of time. Yeah, here's a go away uh, present. Go away. Just, uh, you know, just just stop. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not useful. Just admit it. But I mean, that's that's like the microcosm. It, it's like half of jobs. Period. Create no value, but you don't really know which half it is, and mm. they're all kind of positive in expectation. Uh, I could I could start you with a list. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's easy to theorize, but it's like, okay, I mean, a lot of people are kind of, oh, well, there's surge capacity. It's like, we literally don't know who the competent guy is here, and there's, like, no mechanism for us to figure it out without a lot of expense and, like, whatever. Like, there's, you know, there's also, there's entire industries where there's a a mass function like there are certain uh parts of the financial sector where it's like this particular thing is so subject to fraud 
that if we have just five guys running the place, it's too easy for them to agree to just loot it. <laughs> so instead, we have to have like 20 guys and only 15 of them like talk to any other 15 at any given point in time. Like there's there's like departments that exist like that where yeah. I mean that, that's why like the banking sector has things like mandatory vacation because it's like no, well if like you're working, stress testing well they're not only stress testing but it's like if you never take a vacation and you're always uh kind of in whatever your area of responsibility is then it's easy for you to kind of like paper over uh long-running frauds mm -hmm. if you're like the bookkeeper I mean, like that, that's kind of the reduction. If you're the bookkeeper and you're doing like receivables and payables, then it's really easy for you to like conceal some big gap in the numbers. Yeah. Um, but like by extrapolation, it applies to anybody who has really any authority in the financial sector. So, and you know, now that PPI is like, uh, or PII is now uh, valuable. Like anybody who has access to uh, like consumer accounts per se, like could be selling that, could have access to that, etc. So, sorry, what what is PII? Uh, personally identifying information. Oh, so it's like oh, okay. now w with all the with all the European uh, data protection, like if you're if you're a VPN in, uh, you know you've got your. Uh, <clears throat> You've got your your nice VPN or Tor account, and you're just going to random websites. At some point, you'll see a GDPR uh, notice. It's like, yeah, you need to go to the European version of this website, or like this website isn't available in Europe because like my privacy. Dude, that also applies to a lot of companies that like, and so like as a result, some of the the quote unquote the the slack that you see built into the systems, some of the redundancy that you see built into these systems, it's like that's just kind of prudence on the part of the person organizing it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to kind of come out and say outright, yeah, you know, uh, or or things like sales. Uh, it's like, well, of course we have a hundred salespeople, and we could make do with sixty. But we hire 20 and we fire 20 each year so that nobody gets lazy. Like every sales team operates that way. So there's a lot of slack built into all these systems. And I think that one kind of long-term result of this is that if, if consumer spending and kind of the general flex in the economy goes the way that I think it's going to go, um, people are going to start operating with a lot more kind of, uh, scarcity mindset as far as uh i mean it can go one of two ways it can be like i'm screwed anyway i might as well slack off or it might be like god i really need this job or some schizophrenic combination of both like hmm. who the hell knows honestly mm -hmm. but i think it'll lead to major um kind of economic and also psychological dislocations Americans kind of tend to conceptualize themselves through their jobs mm -hmm. and for something of this magnitude it's it's just going to be obscene the amount of damage that that does. Well I'm I'm uh, I'm actually open to discussing 
speculating as to what this is going to do long term. Uh, but before we jump into that, unless you guys have something else you want to talk about for that, but uh, real quick, I um, I wanted to mention because Hank uh, brought up Tor and VPNs. I have been noticing on mainly Tor, but also I think in the VPNs that there have been some major websites that I will not name on here for security reasons, but have been blocking uh, exit nodes. And that has been increasing. And I've also noticed um, in the past, uh, let's say, week, uh, certain friends of ours, uh, uh, social media accounts have been locked down. And I, uh, and Hank, you were anticipating some of this, and I'm not not saying that that was uh, out of this world, but I am a little bit surprised they're doing it with the timing that they're doing it because it just makes it yet again so flipping obvious they did this right before the uh the midterms um if i recall correctly and they're doing it now and if people don't and this is where i want to get into the speculation stuff if people don't think that some of this might have been planned you just have not been paying attention to use that sort of very snotty uh uh condescending phrase but i I believe it i I really don't see how people can't see these patterns at this point I mean, every like you don't need to have any particular view of what exactly happened on 9-11 to realize that, well, when they dusted off a bunch of bills that they had already tried to pass through Congress, stapled them together and called it the Patriot Act, like, I mean, that's what happened. It was stuff that already existed. I mean, they're literally trying to do this right now. Uh, with the uh, the Earn It Act, like I'm not gonna get into the, the specifics. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so maybe we'll acronym. Some... <laughs> yeah. So, so there's this whole. This is gonna be real technocrat hours, but uh, so the section. Uh, uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. The uh, the Communications Decency Act exemption. Essentially, if you operate a general service website, you're not responsible for what some rando posts, uh, unless you're actually like personally uh, editorially improving that rando. Was that what the, uh, Clinton signed back in '99 or something like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the proposal is to condition that protection off of. Uh, following a set of best practices uh, agreed to by a council set up by the attorney general. So basically the attorney general gets to say whether you have uh, the protections of the Communication Decency Act. That So censorship. Right. Well, not only censorship, but also things like uh, end-to-end encryption, uh, things like that's what uh, I was censorship hearing too. and encryption. I didn't know they were tying it to this, though. That's that to me is is very. I don't know if people enough people know how critical that is to maintaining some freedom, at least. Uh, but uh, that's really important, and I don't know if. Right. Uh, I mean, th- this is a hobby that you can have while you're on lockdown. Just like uh, browse, you know, the Federal Register, um, browse uh, like your your C-SPAN uh, feeds, and just keep track of all the stuff that isn't coronavirus, because so much stuff will get dumped out during these times. Like every company is actually already doing this. It's kind of funny. 
they'll like they'll cram as much bad news like yeah it turns out uh hmm. you know our senior vp with a coke addiction yeah, finally died a couple, couple and of dead like, hookers in the in the trunk uh were found like, in the east by River. the way like our, our mexican factory yeah it turns out it was built on top of a toxic waste dump all our workers have cancer and now we're on the hook for several billion dollars in uh in litigation of over that. Uh, oh, and by the way, we also settled this gigantic lawsuit for oof, a little bit more than we should have, but uh, let's just sweep it under the rug with uh, the rest of our coronavirus red ink. Like, just be on the lookout for those, and uh, you'll find it, it's pretty entertaining, the density of bad news that's uh, that's kind of shoved into this incident. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so here here's what I wanted to sort of run by you guys. This is sort of my working theory at the moment. I've made my I've made my uh, case on 9/11 before. I won't really go into it again, but I think this has eerie similarities to it in that I th- I anticipate uh, whether this was planned or not. Even though I would, I'd err on the fact that it probably uh, might have been. I can't give you a number, but decode that however you want. This might have been planned, uh, and I, I think we're going to see more more crackdowns, it's uh, probably the wrong term, but more checkpoints set up throughout society on the, under the pretext of public safety and health. And I wonder what has motivated that to happen, why it's happening now. I mean, my theory is it might have something to do with the election, might have something to do with the globalists realizing that they need an excuse to roll back some of the globalism that has actually created a very dangerous rival in China. Uh, And I think they also need to uh, deflect uh, credit from Trump and maybe move it more towards this exogenous threat and just basically have some sort of ongoing excuse for more uh, national production as opposed to international supply chain systems. Um, it's kind of a working theory. It hasn't really been polished yet, but that's kind of what I'm, what I'm wondering right now. I have no idea how this will turn out, but I do know that there will be political ramifications from it. Um, I think the major one, uh, I'm very concerned about uh, the coming election. Like that's kind of a, that's not a structural thing so much. Um, And I think that there'll also be structural things that are maybe more long-term significant rammed through, but it's such an easy thing to keep track of because all the infrastructure is public. If your state tries to go to 100% mail-in ballots, they intend to steal that election. Uh, There is zero election security around mail-in ballots anywhere, even in states that have theoretically voter ID requirements. You write down your name on a piece of paper, you send it to the Secretary of State, or somebody does it on your behalf. Like, you'll see in all states, really, there's a guy, like, with a booth that's sit here and register to vote. It's like, write down your name and your address, and you're registered to vote. Like that generates a piece of paper sent to that address that gets filled out by God only knows whom and sent to be counted in your election. Like if they go 100% mail in ballots, that election is fraudulent. 
that's a fundamentally illegitimate election at that point. Well, even and if it's not 100%, you know, it, it could be just where they think the um, the swing states or the, the swing counties or however you want to dissect it, they, they just lock up enough to nudge it over to where they want it. And yeah. that's, that's, where, uh, that's where we're at. I mean, I've asked Hank before in private. It, I hope you don't mind, you know, talking about it. It's nothing too secret. But uh, I, I asked Hank once, you know, why he thinks Trump won. And he basically told me somebody fucked up, <laughs> implying that the, uh, the rigging was not sufficient. So. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, the, like I was like, as Trump has kind of become more or less uh, friendly to the establishment, some of those concerns about just like an outright coup in 2020 kind of subsided because I just don't think that it's necessary for a lot of reasons. Like if you just go out of your way to steal an election, a lot of the mechanisms that you use in order to do that aren't completely uh, covert. It's like, wow, this, uh, this precinct in Philadelphia has 120% turnout rates. Cool. They just love democracy that much in Philadelphia. But, like, if you have kind of enough of a broad uh, base that you can draw on, you don't necessarily need to be that blatant. And it's not actually necessary if the guy that's running is not, is not like, immunicable to your interests. So, I mean... I think there will be attempts just because, like, the presidential election is not the only election out there. There's plenty of New York state representatives. There's plenty of Illinois representatives. There's plenty of Louisiana representatives where it's like, oh, you know, that system could work out pretty well for me since I've got the right people uh, counting the votes and I've got the right people getting out the vote, uh, quote unquote. So it's something to keep an eye on. Um, I have already seen uh, there have been a couple of uh, state uh, governments and journalists that have made noises about uh, wanting this to be wanting this to be a thing. Um, but just keep a lookout. And that is actually something that you can advocate via your political uh, process uh, in whatever locality or state you're in to oppose. Um, but keep an eye on it. Has uh, Alexandria of the Central Intelligence Agency, also known as AOC, uh, called that out for her district? I would not be surprised if she did. I mean, I, God, who, like, I I don't follow her on Twitter, so I don't know what she advocates for on a day-to-day basis. I assume what she's told, so that probably would be a pretty good bellwether, and I probably should start actually following it, but... The amount of insipidness and then like the temptation to do the boomer style sick own of somebody who just mm-hmm. doesn't care where your reply won't be uh, yeah. received. See, when you reply to a random blue check, it's like, you know, there, there's at least the outside chance for some random journalists that they see it and get a little bit butthurt mm-hmm. for like, you know, whoever runs her uh, Twitter account, presumably her white boyfriend. Um <laughs> You know, even even that uh, that possibility doesn't exist. So it's like an exercise without a without a purpose. Yeah, and it'll it'll put you on 
yet another list that, uh, I mean, I haven't even checked our Twitter account today, but I'm seeing a lot of people get locked out. I hope we're still in. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if they'd shut down Twitter, that's extremely spooky, given that random Twitter accounts have been, I mean, not random, a very carefully curated set of uh, Twitter accounts Mm -hmm. have been uh, far more informative about this and led to, oh yeah, like, yeah literally saving thousands of dollars and uh securing uh you know hundreds of thousands of calories uh more than had you not been following particular twitter accounts yeah no it's one of the few news sources i can i can trust uh <laughs> relatively speaking at least because it is it is so uh broad that you you have i mean the the establishment cannot buy off that many people so the the odds of everybody being a psyop are pretty low and it's just um it's just you're better off you know looking at what people on there are saying than what the talking heads who are given what to say have to say any other theories you guys have i mean you know it's hard to know it's not healthy to get into panic mode i'm not trying to do that but I, I do want to underline this event because I think people really do need to question more why things are happening. And I, I think they need to, if they haven't already, they need to stop thinking that things are just random um, or at least be open to the possibility and then ask those questions. Well, it's not, it's not panic mode some some people are i mean i i don't feel that way but i I know certainly there are if i if i like run down the street screaming (laughs) the secretary or the uh the superintendent of the new york city public schools is trying to murder my family because they're trying to get (laughs) my hot meals to brown people that sounds like schizophrenia but if I say it in a calm voice on Twitter and cite their fucking account where they say exactly that, yeah. it sounds a little bit more realistic. <laughs> wait, wait, this like, actually happened? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like the Seattle, the New York City uh, superintendent of schools, Elk River, like those are just the ones that I saw pop up. But if I go looking for statements by various public school superintendents and school boards about why exactly they didn't close school two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them will say, because my services, my hot meals, my underserved community. <laughs> can we, Every can we, single yeah. one leads with that. So yeah. it's not panicking to say that these people are going to pursue policies that harm you at the expense of their actual constituency because that's what their policy is and that's what they say that their policy is Mm -hmm. so like how do you think that that extends to things like disruptions in food delivery like, I don't think that we'll actually get to the point where that becomes necessary. But if that's how they think about the distribution of things like schooling services, quote unquote, that they're primarily yeah, a route to serve their community, even though it might spread a horrible disease to your community, then how exactly are they going to distribute the last truck of MREs. 
Like well, I again, I don't think that we'll get to that point, but like that's how these people operate. So if you think exogenously that we're going to enter a resource constrained environment, then like it's not a conspiracy theory to say that these people are going to act to prioritize the interests of themselves and their community. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. Like that's what you should do, and you should do it first. I, I completely agree. I, I think the observations and, and points you're raising are completely valid. What I was trying to inspire in some people is to do what Hank is saying, but also look uh, look a little bit higher level and wonder because the, the people that Hank are, is complaining about are useful idiots. Let's just be honest. The, these are low level bureaucrats who are of the Frankly, not even, they're not even in the managerial class. They're in the aspirational class that wants to get into the managerial class. The, the, the true operators uh, of the managerial class, you're talking about like mayors and, and uh, people like that who have real pu- public policy influence. But the people who listen to NPR and, and you know are well-read, uh, these are the types that espouse these very uh, communistic notions of, you know, we, need, we all need to... Um, we all need to be part of the plan, and uh, even though the, the evidence would indicate that the plan has not worked very well uh, for the past hundred years, uh, but uh, they keep keep reiterating it because that's their job, that's their sinecure, that's their that's their little status in our crappy little civilization. But what I'm talking about is the people who are giving them the stuff to talk about and the talking points, like. Oh, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we had a nationalized or, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we had an international governing body for health? I mean, I'm not going to do it. We do. Just turns out Chinese own them. Oh, and I'm like, okay, you want to give more authority to the people who have gotten us this far into the mud. Great idea. But uh, I just want, my, my point is, the people in power want to keep their power. And I think events like this demonstrate how they use, whether they planned it or not, even though I'm suspecting they might have, uh, whether they planned it or not, you, could, you should be able to see how, with these bills that are coming out, with the bannings that are happening on, online, you should be able to put together the pieces that these people are not on your side and they're out to reinforce their power structure by clamping down on your ability to move, operate, buy things, say things, associate with people. It's all about their control. That's my main point. And I, I hope people can see that. I know many of you can. I just, you know, for the few people who can't, I just, I think this is very important. Anybody seen a night pass this way? I saw him playing chess with death yesterday. His crusade was a search for God, and they say it's been a long way to carry Anybody here of plague in this town? The town I've left behind was burned to the ground. 
A young girl on a stake Her face framed in flames Cried, I'm not a witch God knows my name The night he watched with fear He needed to know He ran where he might feel God's breath And in the misty church He knelt to confess The face within the booth Was Mr. Death My life's a vain pursuit Of meaningless smiles Why can't God touch me With a sign Perhaps there's no one there And sat the booth And death hid within his cloak And smiled This morning I played chess With death, said the knight We played that he might grant me time My bishop and my knights Will shatter his flanks And still I might feel God's heart in mine And through confession's grill Death's laughter was heard The night cried, no, you've cheated me But still I'll find a way We'll meet once again And once again continue to play They met within the woods The night his squire and friends And death said now the game shall end The final move was made The knight hung his head And said, you've won I've nothing left to play The minstrel filled with visions Sang to his love To look against the stormy sky His squire and friends Their hands held as one Solemnly danced Towards the dawn His hourglass in his hand His side by his side The master death He leads them all 